I'm Crystal Escobar, and you're listening to the Wanna Be Balanced podcast. This is episode number 156 creativity for problem solving and manifesting more of what you want out of life. I'm going to play the recording of my live mindset class that I do each month over on Facebook. Before I play that episode, I just wanted to let you guys know that I'm going in for my explant surgery in two days. So I'm feeling all kinds of emotions right now, really excited, but also really scared of the unknown. I don't know what the outcome is going to be, so I'm a little bit scared there, but I'm excited about hopefully achieving better health and even just more comfort, having less weight on my chest and just feeling free from synthetics and stepping more into self-love and confidence as I age and as my body changes. So wish me luck. I hope you guys will keep me in your thoughts. Send me all the positive vibes. I'll, I'll be keeping you guys posted and how I'm doing. Uh, maybe over on Facebook and Instagram. But I plan to record a podcast soon sharing how I'm feeling and an update on, on the results and all of that. So stay tuned for that. But anyway, I will go ahead and play the episode on creativity. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining me on this monthly mindset call. We're going to talk about creativity tonight. Every month so far, we've been doing a topic. I've been creating a workbook for this year. I have a goal to create a workbook to go along with every topic for the month. And next month, really quickly, I want to say what next month's topic is going to be about organizing your life and your mind. And I have a lot of tips when it comes to organizing. I love organizing, but I think we can apply it to a lot of areas of our life. So I'm going to bring it all together, talk about, you know, simplifying, organizing our home and organizing our mind. So that's April. It's going to be like perfect timing for spring, spring cleaning. We're going to uh, do some spring cleaning in our minds and in our homes. You know, when you think about creativity, sometimes, you know, we think about artsy people who spend their days painting or writing songs and poetry, but creativity is one of the most powerful energies we can all access. This energy really is not just for people who we deem as creatives. It's available for all of us and not really even just for the sole purpose of creating art, but it can also be used in everyday life for creative problem solving, inspired ways of extracting what we want out of life and also innovatively contributing to the collective evolution. How many of you would consider yourselves creative? Well, guess what? We are all creative. It's in our very nature to create. We literally create life, right? We are designed to procreate, co-create, and recreate. So I think it's good when we can really get to the space of allowing others' creative work to inspire our own. And maybe we'd like to recreate a song that has already been written by changing up the lyrics to match our life experience or rewrite the narrative to a well-known fairy tale. But when it comes to using creativity in our everyday life, Maybe it looks more like rewriting the narrative to your past or 
thinking outside the box when it comes to the belief system that we inherited from our parents or simply coming up with a plan to get out of debt and move to your dream destination or even turning your passion into a profession. So for me, I especially love to create organized, cozy living spaces. I also enjoy formulating new recipes that I've shared a little bit on my YouTube channel. I love to create rituals and routines and even, you know, recipes, not just healthy recipes, but recipes for personal development. I love creating new systems and formulas within my life coaching practice to improve mental health and our overall well-being. When you think about it, everything that has already been created is, is just like additional colors to your palette. And so you are the artist and your brain is the paintbrush. I like to really think about it in that way. And I imagine, you know, how can I direct my brain to paint the picture that I would like to create and using all of the colors that we have available to us, even the colors that others may have created themselves. So adding someone else's colors to our masterpiece isn't necessarily imitating. It's, I believe it's innovating. And sometimes the most brilliant inventions come from combining two or three things that already exist. That's really how ER Shred was born. We combined different dietary approaches. Then we just made a few enhancements in order to create a sustainable and effective protocol. I think, <clears throat> sorry, you guys, I'm, I'm overcoming a cold. I'm going to talk a little bit about that at the end. I have something funny I want to share about my cold. So we, we limitate when we imitate. Because it's in our nature to create and evolve, we should always have an innovator's mind. So how can we expand upon what we already know? If we hoped for each generation to be better than the last, then we should live in constant curiosity, always asking questions. Questions are at the root of innovation. Have any of you seen the movie Smallfoot? I think it came out like four or five years ago. It's like a cartoon type movie, but I love that movie for so many reasons. I feel like the message in that movie just applies to so many of the things that I have been experiencing in the last five years. And one of my, I love the soundtrack to that movie, especially one of my favorite ones is called Wonderful Life. I, I wanted to read the lyrics to that song because I really, oh my gosh, you guys need to play it after, after this call because it is so good. Take a look around and see the world we think we know, then look closer. There's more to life than meets the eye, a beauty to behold. It's all much bigger than we know. It's only just beginning to unfold. So let it all unfold. Far beyond all reason in your mind, there's a world mysterious there for you to find. All these questions that we always have, all we are is curious. There's nothing wrong with that. So go around every corner, search every part of the sky, because a life that's full of wonder is a wonderful life. Dig beneath the surface, find the lessons there to learn, and then dig deeper. Feed your intuition. Don't leave any stone unturned. Be the seeker of the truth. Listen when you hear it calling you. You know it's calling you. Oh my gosh. I just love that song so much. Knowledge is 
limited. Imagination opens doors to infinite possibilities. Imagination means letting go of what you know, approaching life with a beginner's mind. Unfortunately, our brains don't necessarily love going into the unknown, unanswered questions, unfinished puzzles. To the brain, it's literally a threat to our survival. Oftentimes, it will just jam in mismatched puzzle pieces for the sake of filling the space. Uncertainty is extremely uncomfortable. We actually do everything we can to avoid it. But if we can be willing to sit with that discomfort of the not knowing, then we will realize the creative energy beginning to come through us. And we have to be willing to go into the unknown. <laughs> That's another movie that I love, Frozen. But Frozen 2 actually has a lot of great life lessons as well that I really that's another one of those, like, I love when they come out with those movies that just, they illustrate what you're experiencing in your life in such a beautiful way. And that's what those two movies <laughs> did for me. It just has a lot of meaning for me. So into the unknown, we have to go there in order to create something completely different than what we're currently experiencing. So five years ago, I experienced what some call a dark night of the soul. And it started when I began questioning my religious beliefs. And that's something that I never really did my entire life. I just believed because it was what my parents taught me. And it was part of the culture that I grew up in. So I just trusted that it was true. But over time, I was feeling a lot of internal conflict, which later I learned is called cognitive dissonance, which is the discomfort felt when holding conflicting beliefs. And I realized that a deep part of me just did not agree with many of the teachings that I was taught. So I just, I began questioning them. And as I did, the foundation I had built my entire life and identity upon came crashing down. This actually sent me into a three-day panic attack. It was like the first time I had entered the unknown and it was the most terrifying thing I had ever experienced. It literally felt like the ground was swept out from underneath me and I was falling into nothingness. Everything I knew to be true literally just collapsed before my eyes and nothing made sense anymore. I felt no purpose. I felt desperate to grab onto something and, you know, it's like you're free falling, you're trying to grab onto something, there's nothing to grab onto. But as I began to settle into that and relax, you know, I really only had two options at, at that point, either to continue in panic, or to relax. So I tried breathing and calming and relaxing and letting go. And as I began to like breathe into it and just trust again, it was as though I suddenly realized that I wasn't actually falling, but I was flying. And I had to imagine that at the time, you know, like, okay, it feels like I'm falling, but just imagine that I'm flying. And that was just such a calming, like soothing visual to see in my mind. And, and it really was such an empowering experience in my life. And ha now looking back, I see how much I have learned from that experience. 
I've learned that the unknown is where true transformation takes place. Just like the cycle of a butterfly, the caterpillar goes into a chrysalis and during the transformation process, you know, this is funny. I didn't actually know this. You know, I just like always thought as a child learning about the butterfly cycle that they go into the cocoon and then they like grow wings. I didn't know that it actually melts down into like a fluid and then is when it starts to turn into a beautiful butterfly. I found this really cool quote and it's, I don't even know how to pronounce her name. It's like Hazrat Inayat Khan. There can be no rebirth without a dark night of the soul, a total annihilation of all that you believed in and thought that you were. Birth really is the painful thing, right? (laughs) But interestingly enough, we're driven toward that painful pressure. For some reason, we want to give birth, even though we know it's painful. The unknown is painful, but it's the only way to birth something new. This is not to say that there's no need for knowledge. It's definitely useful to educate ourselves in a wide variety of topics, but also being aware of the pitfalls. Consuming information without a critical mind, which is something that I didn't know. I just was very uh, trusting and I believed, I just easily believed in anything somebody would tell me. And I learned later that (laughs) it's not always such a good thing. You know, Um, it's good to have uh, some level of trust, but we do have to develop the ability to be a critical thinker when it comes to consuming information, because you can potentially get trapped into someone else's ideologies, which only further detaches us from ourselves and that creative flow of energy. Sean is is actually so good at approaching things without the influence of what others might say is possible or impossible, because when he sets out to do something, he often likes to approach it without all the external noise that, you know, can so easily drown out our own intuition. He doesn't need to hear other stories or to be caught up on all the latest research. He just goes with his gut and he regularly lives his life this way, which truly inspires me. And I'm quite the opposite, (laughs) but I'm definitely learning how to have a better balance in this way. I believe it's important to learn from those who have gone before us, and it's a way to develop empathy as we practice seeing the world through others' eyes. It can definitely help us have a better understanding of the world, and but increasing our knowledge can only get us so far. It's really the wisdom that we're looking for, which only comes through experience. It doesn't come from reading books. Unfortunately, we have to go through our own experience, life experience to truly learn. But I've learned to approach learning from other people, like trying on outfits. I'm not going to just choose a specific outfit just because one person is telling me it's the best. I want to choose one that I like the most, um, one that fits me just right and matches my style and preferences. And I might even add my own little flair to it. But the mistake I made in the past when growing up in a religion was that I believed in a prophet that knew the absolute best outfit for me to wear. Therefore, I must wear it, even if it doesn't fit, even if it's uncomfortable. And even if I see other outfits I'd rather wear, that's when I 
realized, you know, later in life that I had fully detached myself from my own intuition. So we have to develop the ability to create space between you and the information consumed in order to allow individual thought and perception. We have, you know, we each have unique ways of seeing the world, unique way of being, of experiencing and creating. In 2020, I became a certified life coach and I was bursting with excitement. I had already, I had spent years working with life coaches and various healing modalities and all of these different things that I'd done on my journey to heal and grow. I had seen so much of my own transformation during working with these people that that's what inspired me to go down this avenue. And so when I first started in 2020, I was just eager to get started. And I went all in. A few months in, I realized something. The cookies were in the process of baking. <laughs> I keep using the cookies in my analogies, and I don't know why, because I don't even eat cookies anymore. <laughs> but cookies will always hold a special place in my heart. <laughs> I love cookies. Still, they smell good. We, I can still enjoy the smell. So anyway, cookies is going to be my analogy for my process when first starting life coaching. So the cookies were in the process of baking. By the cookies, I mean me. I got too excited. Like the craving was so intense that I took the cookies out too soon and the result was not ideal. <laughs> yes, half-baked cookies, really, they taste amazing, but they will fall apart. And I literally fell apart and ended up taking an entire year off life coaching to figure out what I was missing. I was missing experience. And I'm not saying that I was lacking like life experience to draw upon. I had plenty of my own stories to, to draw on, but I was just too afraid to use them. I just felt like so confined. I had so much fear of, you know, fear that I wasn't qualified, that I didn't know enough, that I wasn't evolved enough. <laughs> Every time I was met with a yet, yet another one of my own life challenges, it gave me evidence that I was in fact an imposter. So it was all these fears and like, and because of those fears, I felt like I couldn't go outside of the parameters of the things that I were, I was taught going through the training. It was um, lacking that confidence, I guess, to kind of turn it into something that was more personalized. So I had to let go of that belief that knowledge was everything. It's not about teaching what I was taught in life coach school. It's about teaching what I know through experience. And I was not able to tap into that at that time. So sharing my life's lessons in real time is how I am operating and how I'm doing my podcast and how I'm sharing things online and, you know, just really allowing myself to be human and not have this um, belief that I'm supposed to have life figured out and like never struggle anymore. That's not ever going to happen. So I really just thought I was supposed to either be there or pretend that I was there. But after I let go of that belief, it just feels like ah, now I can like settle into a natural way of doing it, which is not following a specific formula. formula. It was about finally opening myself up to creatively teaching through authenticity and my own inner wisdom. Took me a couple of years to figure that out, but I learned that knowledge comes from the brain 
and wisdom comes from our being. Now let's do a little exercise here. Everyone close your eyes and recall a time when you held your newborn baby, or if you don't have any kids, um, a time where you held someone else's newborn baby or any baby under the age of one. Do you remember seeing that baby smile? Picture that in your mind. See that cute little angelic smile. Notice how you either smiled just now or you felt the urge to smile. I didn't tell you to smile. It was just a natural response to what you were seeing in your mind. This is the power of the mind. What you see in there is directly related to how you feel. It's actually a biological response. Emotion is the body's reaction to the mind. Your brain doesn't know the difference between our physical reality and mental reality, but the body responds either way. You know the difference. You know what's real, but the brain is just doing its job, sending signals and chemicals throughout the body based on thoughts and images it sees when your eyes are closed or open. So now imagine, close your eyes again and imagine you're standing on the edge of a building, 10 stories high. Someone comes up behind you and pushes you. Notice that sensation in your body, a little bit of fear. And try holding your smiling baby now on top of that building. It's impossible to smile when you're in fear. Fear keeps us from smiling and from truly enjoying those precious moments. So how do we feel something? Feeling comes from what we think and see in our minds and how we think about what we see in real life. Our thoughts always determine our emotions, and our emotions are what fuel our actions or inactions. Recognizing how powerful the mind is and how it can create those emotions is really important. When you think about it, if changing our thoughts is the answer to feeling good, then why are so many of us still struggling? It's because it requires a mass amount of awareness and mental energy to think differently in any given moment. So we have to create those default settings, thoughts that are automatic and don't require us to alter them regularly. We have to turn them into a belief. What is a belief? A belief is just thoughts we keep on thinking. Truly believing something requires little to no mental effort, like believing that brushing your teeth will prevent cavities. You know, every morning you get up, there's no like battle, internal battle, like, oh, should I, should I not? You just do it. It's a habit. It's something that you believe that like it's important to do. So you don't ever have to talk yourself into it. The reason why you have that belief is because you were told to do it over and over and over as a child, but maybe, you know, it took you even seven years before you finally started doing it without being told. But that's really you know, a good example of how patient we have to be when trying to believe something new. We have to repeat the new thought over and over and over and over. You know how many times we're like, 
you know, getting frustrated with our kids. Like, how many times do I have to tell you? <laughs> probably a lot. <laughs> probably for years, you're going to have to say, repeat yourself over and over and over before they finally get it. That will actually help us be more patient with our kids, just recognizing how hard it is to remember these things and to just turn it into a habit. That's our job as parents <laughs> to be a broken record. <laughs> That's how we can create new programs in our minds is through repetition. It's a thought pattern that has gained momentum and powerful energy is like being on a swing set. So think about, you know, you're doing the leg pumping movement uh, for a while and you're swinging back and forth and you're keeping that momentum going. Now you're up, you're like swinging really high. You're keeping the moment, momentum going by now you, it just becomes effortless, right? You just move your legs back and then forward, you know, and you don't have to put so much, um, energy into it. it. It really does feel effortless. Breaking this thought pattern is like trying to slow the swing down. You can't just come to an immediate halt. You'd literally crash and burn. <laughs> so you have to slightly drag your feet each time you pass by the ground and gradually you're able to slow yourself. So it takes a little time and patience, but you will eventually stop and get off the swing. Every time you ask yourself questions like, What's going on inside me? What am I believing right now? That's when you know you're doing the work to slow down the momentum of the swinging thought pattern. The thing that keeps us from pursuing the things that we want is a lack of belief in ourselves. Many of us are plagued with self-doubt because we have no actual evidence to prove that we are capable of achieving our goals. We kind of want to go back on what we know. Evidence has shown us in the past usually is where our beliefs stem. But if we have no evidence that we have done something that we're wanting to do, then that's why it, it's really hard to jump to that level, enough energy to where you can actually do it because you're lacking the belief that it's possible. So you're never going to find the right energy and action if the belief isn't there. So we have to believe something we've never seen before. And this is where imagination comes in. But I don't always recommend believing in things we've never seen. <laughs> this can leave us really vulnerable to making irresponsible life choices. But I, you know, yes, dream big, but be sure it's grounded in some aspect of realism and also abides by the laws of nature and physics. <laughs> Humans can't breathe underwater. Men can't get pregnant. <laughs> Those types of things, you know, <laughs> we know what's, what's, what's real and what's not. So let me give you some realistic examples. Maybe you're wanting to buy a home or get out of debt or lose weight or heal from a genetic diagnosis let's do get even more specific. Let's say you're 50 years old now and you've been living paycheck to paycheck your whole life. And even as a child, you witnessed your parents struggle to make money. This is definitely my experience growing up and has hindered me in a lot of ways when it comes to my mindset around my ability to be successful and make my own money. So I can definitely relate to this. Sometimes evidence from people that are close to us can be enough to give us that belief. Sometimes we can borrow that belief or borrow that evidence that, oh, maybe if they can do it, I can do it. This is, okay, this is from my experience. Growing up and 
not really seeing that it was possible for my parents to do that. For a long time, I didn't know about Carol Dweck's work on the growth mindset. And I really thought that our genes determine our destiny in life. So I thought, okay, well, if I don't come from a family who knows how to do this, then I probably don't have the, the know-how, or I just wasn't born with the the smarts or the the gifts, I guess, that it takes to to do these things. So that for me was a huge blocker for believing that I was capable because for most of my life, I just thought like genes really were that, like you can't really change it. So you just have to accept that that's what, who you are and <laughs> you're not really going to um, go beyond that. I, n- I don't believe that anymore. So yeah, so imagine you, you've never had any experience. Uh, you never you don't have any evidence for your, from yourself and you don't have any evidence within your family or anyone close to you. And then you've tried and tried to make money, try to manage your spending, but you have yet to break the cycle. And it's not that you're not capable, it's that you have not fully accessed the power of imagination. You have to go beyond what you know and all you know is what you've seen thus far. So we have to repeatedly imagine the thing you've never actually seen. Imagine yourself spending less. Imagine yourself finding ways to make more money. Imagine yourself being relieved of financial stress. Imagine your confidence and the things you are creating. This should be a daily exercise, I I think. An exercise that is just as important as going to the gym to build your muscles I like to think of it like this. Instead of fueling your car at the gas station, you got to fuel your body at the imagination station. (laughs) Like I said, your imagination creates an emotional response, which becomes our fuel for our action or inaction. Thoughts and beliefs create our emotions, emotions fuel our actions, and actions create our results. So spending time daily in this realm of imagination is the stepping stone to getting to where you want to go. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about the workbook I created. And again, if you guys have any questions about that workbook, then go ahead and put it in the chat. All right. So the more we can operate from this state, the more that creative energy will flow through us, the more we can create these feelings with our minds. It's interesting. The less attached we become to getting the things that we want. And that's really what we need to figure out how to do. And this is something that I have had a really hard time, like conceptually understanding, like, how do you do this? Like you, you've got to set goals, but then like, don't have the expectation, but still expect to achieve them. Like, it's so complicated. You know, it's like, I don't get it. Like, how do we believe that we can achieve the goal without being attached to the goal? So hard to figure out. <laughs> but I feel like I'm starting to understand it. And it's about, you know, experimenting with your your mind and your emotions and and finding that sweet spot. And what I'm realizing and how I'm really starting to truly experience it now, like truly letting go of the attachment I have to the result that I'm hoping for when pursuing goals. So because we are, you know, practicing this imagination and realizing how effective that can be to creating the emotions that we want, you know, even just like imagining your baby and like how you can like feel the serotonin like going through your body, just holding your imagining it. So when you recognize how powerful that is, that we can create these emotions, 
in our bodies with our mind at any given moment, we realize that we don't actually need to manifest those things necessarily to feel awesome. If we happen to get them, then great. But if not, there's no real letdown because you start to realize that you can feel good now. You know, it doesn't mean that we we stop, you know, pursuing these goals. We keep moving forward. We keep trying new things. We keep creating and experimenting. But recognizing that the real satisfaction and enjoyment comes from the pursuit itself. You know, we're always told, enjoy the journey, which would always bug me because I'm like, okay, I'm trying, trying to enjoy the journey. Like, <laughs> Couldn't really figure out how to do it. But I'm starting to really step into that. Like, oh, I'm starting to understand what they mean by this because I'm feeling it. I'm feeling this um, satisfaction of pure, you know, like, pure enjoyment of the pursuit and less attachment to the outcome and the actual result. The, the, the goal is still there, but I don't feel as attached to it because I'm genuinely enjoying like every minute of the creation process, the pursuit of what I'm, the actual pursuit. And it's even been documented, you know, scientifically, you know, they realized that dopamine is a hormone that is meant to motivate us. And it's actually, we feel better in the pursuit than the reward. They've actually measured it. And it's interesting when you realize that, oh, we're like thinking that we're going to feel better when we get the result. But often we realize like how fleeting it is. You get the result. And then like the next day you're like, all right, I need something else to work on. So we always think that, okay, once we get there, then we can finally relax and we'll be happy and life will be amazing and happily ever after kind of thing. But it's it's just never that way. You know, it's never like, oh, okay, now I've made it and now I can just like go retire and be on a beach every day. That's just not what we are designed for. It's not how we will truly be happy. We think that that's going to be like, you know, paradise to get to live like that. But we really love working. We love pursuing things. We love creating and growing and striving. But I want to talk about like, striving is not necessarily a word that I love. So I'm trying to figure out how to like, describe what I'm thinking without the word striving, because I think there's a better way than all that effort and striving, which I'll talk about in just a second. You know, like when we think about our problems, and how we can shift our mind to being so like ruminating over it. And I like to think, I, I like to make up words. So one of my new words is deluminate. So instead of ruminate, we deluminate, which is a combination of illuminate and delusional because some of the happiest people on earth are often delusional. So I'm not saying like, let's all be delusional, but I think there's a piece of it that can actually be useful when we can, you know, realistically not delusionally, but um, really uh, figure out how to be that happy by creating what we want to see in our minds, but still being realistic as well. <laughs> like It's like a recipe. It'll be a little bit of realistic expectations, but also a little bit of faith. You know, let's just make our own little recipe. When you think about like the effort and the striving, it's like going from being the horse running to driving the car with 10 times the horsepower. It's it's still sucking gas and requiring energy, but you get much further and faster in the car. So it's not like we, once we tap into this creative energy, it becomes effortless. Effortless doesn't mean without 
taking radical action. It's just that the action is just fueled with such powerful energy that it feels easier. So striving doesn't sound like, seem like the, the right word and neither does effort. But when you think about action, we still have to take action, but we can have that extra fuel that'll make it feel not so like, oh, climbing this huge mountain and stressful and overwhelming and feeling like we can't really enjoy our life until we get to the top. And finally, and finally we can rest, but let's figure out how we can enjoy every minute of climbing that mountain. And I believe it's possible to enjoy it, even if it's a little bit hard. Now let's talk about some ways that we can access that creative energy flow. So in the workbook, I, I created a, sh a short list of some things that you can do. And I think it'll be fun if you set a goal for the month to do choosing three things from the list to do every day. The tracker can just be a fun way to see how many days in a row you can do these things and make it fun. Some of the things are to ask questions every day, like take out a notebook, have it be like your question notebook and just spend some time every single day asking questions. You can imagine you're asking either your higher self, God, whoever, your spirit guides, whoever you, whatever you want to imagine or believe in, uh, just ask those questions, things that you want to know, even just like, what are the next steps? What should I do next? What should I do today? What should I do tomorrow? Any question that comes to your mind, what are the questions that are on your mind? Spend time every day asking them. The next thing is cold plunge. Okay. This is why I wanted to talk about my sickness. <laughs> I caught a cold because of a cold plunge. And I wanted to give you some little, some guidance around the reason, first of all, is why cold plunging. And it's been like, I've, we've been doing, you know, periodic cold plunges for quite a few years now, but this last month I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it every day. I've been doing a lot of research on it and it's been really fun and fascinating to learn about. But one of the things that it can do for you is spark creativity and help you get into that, that flow. But it has a lot of other benefits as well. Really good for the brain, like really just like gets you out of your head and more. That's why you can be more creative because you're, it's like clearing your mind of all the thoughts and the stress and just giving you that shock, <laughs> a good shock though. But um, let me give you a few guidelines. Don't do a cold plunge if you feel like you might be getting sick. <laughs> so I thought I, so I usually, I don't really drink much coffee anymore because it gives me anxiety, but I love the taste. So I've been drinking like a half of a cup mixed with some herbal tea. And then I put my butter in it and some cinnamon and I blend it up and it's like my frothy tea coffee. That's what I call it. <laughs> and it's just my, my yummy morning drink. And every once in a while, I'll have another one of those, even though I know it'll probably give me a little bit of anxiety and um, just because it tastes so good. So I had another one and I felt a little not good, like a little off, um, like almost like blood, blood sugar spike, but I misread my body. And that's what I hope for, you know, ER shred that we can learn to get really in tune with our bodies and know, okay, this is a cold, or this is a blood sugar spike. This is a reaction to what I just ate or too much caffeine. So that's where I'm still trying to figure out how to be that in tune with my body and know. So I did the cold plunge anyway. Thought, I thought that, oh, if it's a blood sugar spike, this will be good for me. But it wasn't. I was, you know, the kids are always bringing home sicknesses <laughs> from school. So I should have thought like my kids have had stuffy noses for months and it's kind of always in our home right now. <laughs> so, but I've been lucky and I haven't gotten sick. I've been so proud until then, but I did it to myself. <laughs> 
It was not fun. I'm feeling a little bit better today, but uh, yeah. So learn from my mistakes. Be very mindful of your how um, how you're feeling. And if anyone is sick in your home, probably but probably best not to do it. And also start slow and work your way up. So I was doing um, one minute and then I, I wanted to work. This was the day that I wanted to go higher. So I went to a minute and a half and it's not a good day to do that. Uh, the next thing is imagination meditation. And that's just what I talked about is making, spending time, designate 10, 20, 30 minutes a day where you can sit and imagine, be creative, um, recall past, you know, things in your life, or even just, you know, imagine yourself doing something that you really want to be doing in five or 10 years from now, just spend time, give yourself that time so that you can really feel it because getting that emotion, stirring up those chemicals and emotions into your body is what you want. So that's why you need a little time so that it starts, you know, creating those, all those fun chemicals in the body for you. And then the next thing is to spend time creating rather than consuming. So decide how much time every single day, because we're so good at consuming, right? Social media, we love reading books and eating food and (laughs) we're like a consumer culture for sure. So if you can get uh, real disciplined about how much time every day you're going to be spending on creating and not consuming. So no phone, no books, nothing. This is a time for you to work on anything that that sounds fun for you. Like, uh, you know, it could be painting, something artistic, painting, writing, decorating, cooking, gardening, sewing, drawing, or maybe you'd like to create a new morning routine or a new workout routine or new recipe or recreate a space in your home. I, uh, a few years ago, turned one of these rooms in our house. I, um, well, I kind of claimed it. <laughs> it's the spare bedroom, but I just kind of was like, okay, this is my room. <laughs> I call it my Zen den, but it's a place where I, I love cats too. So I have three cats and I made it like really kitty friendly, all these fun little things that I can climb on on the wall because cats are like so calming for me. So it's perfect for my cats to be in my Zen den with me to help me feel Zen. And I do like, you know, meditation and I do a lot of writing in there. My morning ritual is in my Zen Den. So like even a little closet or a little corner nook in your home, think of a place that you can maybe create something fun for you. Maybe that could be your creation station. <laughs> Another idea, some couple other ideas that things that we've done recently was uh, Sean built a chicken coop. He renovated an old chicken coop. It was basically just a box and he he turned it into like a chicken mansion. It's really cool what he did, <laughs> but it's it's very creative what he did. And, and I think he really enjoyed that project because he was just creating something out of this little box. <laughs> and then uh, a couple of years ago, we created a catio. That was a lot of fun. It's a cat patio. So our we live close to a lot of wild area where we have coyotes and hawks and animals and we had two pets already get eaten down by this little stream by our house so now we learned that we can't have our cats go outside which is sad because they need to be outside so we created this little patio for the cats and it's been a lot of fun so that's just those are just some ideas of things that you can do to you know, get into that creative flow and make it part of your daily schedule because I think the more that you can spend time in creation, the better, the more you're going to see how much it can spill over into all areas of your life when it comes to creative problem solving or just creating more of what you want in your life. 
If anyone would like to ask some questions, talk about the workbook, or would like to be coached, then let me know. We got about five or 10 more minutes. I'm going to read your comments, Sarah. <laughs> I'm cookie dough. I'm not done baking. I'm not finished becoming whoever the hell it is I'm going to turn out to be. I make it through this and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, maybe one day. I turn around and realize I'm ready. I love that. That's the Buffy quote, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, really? Okay. I thought you just wrote that. And, and she used it on and off, like always, I'm still cookie dough. I'm cookie dough the whole time. So the minute you said it, it uh, ding, ding, ding. I love the workbook. I haven't printed it out yet. Okay. But I did decide on the last day of February that that I would spend each day in March up until the last day um, doing something that would basically be a human upgrade. And here comes your workbook in an email. So I will print it out oh. and I'll use that as a tool. Um, I've already figured out which basics I would like to commit to and do every day. And a lot of it has already come from the training that you've helped me with, all the different coaching times that we've spent. Oh, so good. grounding is there. Um, reflection during grounding, um, um, noticing colors, putting my phone away when I'm out on a nature walk and not insisting on recording something beautiful so that I realize I should spend more time in noticing something beautiful that's natural that happens to be on my walk. And for me, that's made already made a difference, just not grabbing my phone, Crystal, to record or video something to post. And so I've decided that some of my experiences throughout this 30 days, I'll keep some of them and maybe photograph them. But for the most part, I would like to journal them instead. And I love the workbook. And you spend so much time making them beautiful to look at. I cannot wait to print them out. So Aww. thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, I love that, Mel. Thank you for sharing that. That's so good for all of us to hear. And I love to hear how you've been trying to practice more presence and enjoy enjoying nature. That's so good. Oh, Crystal. Yeah. I, yeah, I enjoyed what was uh, just said right now as well. I look forward now to, I printed the workbook to like looking at it after listening so I'll be looking at it, working on it with different, different eyes and ears. I did want to say one thing I really, really particularly liked was the idea of creation over um, content, like having those moments and not trying to take anything more in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that was stood out among many amazing things you shared. So thank you. Oh, good. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm glad yeah. you got me here, Vicki. Thank you. Hey, well, you guys are awesome. I appreciate you being on here with me live. I think it's so, it really um, gives me energy. So thank you guys. I, I know you can all watch the replays. They're going to be on the podcast and on YouTube, but I do really appreciate those who show up live to be with me because I love to see your faces. And thank you for doing this. Oh yes, you're welcome. And join me next month. I'll post when the time and the day will be. It might be more like Mondays. I said it's always going to be the first Thursday of every month, but maybe it'll be more like Motivation Monday or Mindset Monday. But I will keep you guys posted about when the next call is going to be, but it will be, you know, towards the beginning of April. And we're going to be talking about organizing your life and your mind. So thank you guys so much. And I'll see you next month. Thank you. Thank you so much.